Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right. Welcome to the uh, Damn She's Fine episode of It's Pretty Okay. It's episode 369. Uh, yeah, so I'm sorry. That was just horrible. What a, what an absolutely... Hey, uh, producer, cut that out. No, you have to, you have to keep it in. <laughs> yeah, joke's on all of you. I'm the producer, so yeah, it's definitely staying. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so, so I am now officially moved out of my, uh, of what I guess you'd call a bachelor pad, um, and have moved in with Emily and I've been steadily unpacking the things that I've moved over the last month or so. Um, and I just like over the weekend finally found the box uh with my coffee table books in it and and set them up in my little office the kind of the room that you the three of you see here on on mm-hmm. on our Skype call um and and so uh Pierce when you and and Kevin and, and Max were kind of talking about coffee table books before we started recording i got a little excited yeah i i mean coffee table books are really so cool it's just a design concept they are ideally in a place where not only you see them frequently but guests i mean the coffee table is such a you know the name of it is so weird it should be like entertainment table or or even just living room table i mean it is a table in in this shared space where guests are maybe where you are able to relax or something like that and they are built to be looked at i mean they are constructed to be looked at you think of a coffee table book you're thinking of something that is large is is um usually hardcover with big photos in it maybe it's a maybe it's a print of impressionist uh, or it's a book of prints of impressionist painters or architects or it's a national geographic thing um or it's you know almost like a a kind of corny encyclopedia in some ways of uh i think there's one in my house that's like musicals or something and maybe they're costumes i don't know it's not mine um but but they are meant to be looked at and picked up and glanced over by you on occasion or your um guests but there's a problem and it's not just that they get expensive really quickly if you start collecting them (laughs) yeah and the problem of course is that we all have those little tiny devices that contain all of recorded human knowledge on them in our pockets um but tamagotchis (laughs) yes nice um (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's interesting. We talked about. I I think I'm going to be the person that tries to like make the case for, you know, they're still a good thing. 
um, and and situational reading as we were calling it uh, yes. earlier, still being good. Um, you know, you you kept saying coffee table books were meant to be looked at, and I th- I think that was a notable and intentional word choice on your part. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the beauty of the coffee table book is that it's supposed to be looked at, but it's not really supposed to be read or it's, it's not required to be read in a linear fashion in the same way that like a novel is. Um, And so they, they kind of exist in this awesome space where you can just flip through a few pages, put it down, come back way later, flip through a few more pages. And I, in some ways, I think that that is still actually kind of durable, uh, even with phones. Maybe I'm crazy and out on a limb there, but like I, my brother just gave me one for Christmas. It's like a collection of cover art from uh, punk singles in the late 70s, and it's rad as hell. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I don't know. I, I think well, I what really, I think I would say I really enjoy that. Yeah, I think what I would say is that with the coffee table books example, it's uh, I think that coffee table books can be they're definitely meant for for you in your house, but they're also more so than like the books in your bookshelf for guests. And I think that the guest part is where it, it it dies a bit because I don't know when I have guests over either I'm entertaining them and hopefully the the gap where they're not being entertained is small and in that time they're probably just using their phone to you know catch up on whatever they are usually are usually looking at so i think that the coffee table yeah i I still love having them but i don't the only the only coffee table book that we have that people ever reach for is like our wedding book and then that's it they don't look at the end of the ones that's true that it's and it's hard to to do that for like a short visit like a we're coming today and leaving in an hour sort of thing i wonder if there's still some room for it you know i think of like the the primo kind of territory for coffee table books is like if you have weekend visitors who are staying with you maybe for a couple days like i'm i am relatively speaking a morning person and so like i am frequently uh, Max especially knows this. I am routinely up, you know, anywhere from uh, 30 minutes to three hours before anyone else that I'm in the house with. And so, you know, so that's that's kind of a great time to like flip through coffee table books. Um, but Kevin, you you also mentioned the other thing that I had in my in my notes, which is that, you know, we talked all the way back in single digits, like uh, truly in the first 10 episodes of the show about bookshelves and how one of the purposes that bookshelves serve is as a kind of, you know, you'd call it virtue signaling in a way. It's like a sandwich board of who you are and, and your, your taste. Um, these are like an even more concentrated form of that because you know, they're not serving like the same purposes, traditional books, so to speak. And so like, they really are there to signal 
regardless of whether or not someone picks it up and reads it, they're like a, a quickie thesis statement on who you are and what you're into. Yeah, they're bait. They are bait for, for your visitors. It's just like, hey, you know, look at this. Look at this fun little book. What do you think? And and I think that you hit on something, uh, Sean, about uh, visitors and not necessarily an afternoon, but maybe staying longer. And I think one thing that comes to mind is maybe it's our, our the time in our life. We don't have people visiting for that long, or maybe we do, or... In Max's case, you know, you do have people who will visit you for a few days at a time, given where you live. And you also, to get to that place, I know you you kind of cut down on the things that you had. And I'm wondering if you still have coffee table books, given that. Uh, and do you find that uh, they're good to have when you have those longer term guests like you do, where it's like, looking for any way to to cut down on the time i have to entertain (laughs) yeah so the 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 thesis of um like a summary thesis of a book about who you are i find interesting i think of them coffee table books more as like a uh a conversation starter but not necessarily related to the people whose house you're in. Um, I don't think that I have any good coffee table books, but I would like to. Um, I think in our old apartment, we had some like my high school yearbook, but that had to be taken away for a couple reasons that I'd rather not talk about here. Um, there's things in it that shouldn't be in a printed in a high school yearbook. Um, <laughs> That's just every high school yearbook. No. Anyway, Teen- teenagers are terrible. I would, yeah, I would exactly. that's, that's the point are that I'm making. And the adults that were around should have stopped certain things. Um, <laughs> oh God, I think that I think the governor Public of Virginia school, got in trouble like for it. something similar. Anyway, oh, oh, um, yeah, that's a little. So, so that's a way. Uh, I do actually. So, but you asked specifically what we have now. Um, I don't have anything that I would consider a true coffee table book. But what I like to put on my coffee table, uh, which kind of falls into the same category where it's kind of picture based nice pictures, you can kind of flip to any page, is cookbooks. Uh, Uh, I tend to have a couple cookbooks that are not like... I love cookbooks. Some cookbooks are really good for cooking, and some are maybe still good for cooking, but they're really good for just looking at. Pretty. (laughs) So those are the... Like like the... um, Yeah. What's the the really thick kitchen one? The food Uh, lab? Not the food lab. Um, The joy of cooking. The joy of cooking. That is not a coffee table book. The food lab maybe is though, uh, and then I have I have a, like an apres ski cookbook that's Ooh. just filled with like it's like ski pictures and cooking pictures like, kind of combined. So it's like food on a mountain. Like I've never cooked so you, from you it. You have these on display. Uh, that one is on my yeah, a couple of them. Yes. So I had that thought too. Uh, Appetites by Anthony Bourdain, super duper good uh, for sorry. for that. Uh, there's another one. What am I thinking? Of? Oh, salt, fat, acid, heat's pretty good for that too, because mm. it's got like really good, like it's illustrations. Yeah. And and I think I like that especially because the the time I think of the most when people might be in the situation is that we like to have people over for dinner, and so they'll come over. We'll mingle a little. Maybe we'll all get drinks made, and then maybe the company is sitting on the couch with one of us while the other one of us is preparing food. And so if Hmm. we're both doing food preparation, it's kind of cool to like tie that in. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think 
we're kind of describing the spaces for situational reading, which I like that. I like that term. I do like that term a lot. Um, and it's really when you're in a common space where maybe you're expected to still entertain, but you may have other things going on. You may be working. You may not be up yet. You may already be asleep. Um, whatever the case. Now, situational reading does not only occur in this space where maybe you are expected to entertain, but one type of book we haven't talked about where just circumstantially, anecdotally, people don't normally entertain others, but there is a different type of book that I would say is durable in a different way, is usually not hardcover, um, and is maybe more meant to be read um, by your guests. And we don't talk about very much, but the idea of the bathroom reader where people say, have, have some period of time where they're by themselves and are stuck in one place. Um, but it's, it's very, I think, very similar in that situationally, it's nice to have something on offer to guests um, because you know that they will use time there and you don't have to talk about it. You just put the book in there as opposed to like being on your phone. And I think that the bathroom reader, um, and we're calling it bathroom reader, which might be proprietary, Uncle John's bathroom reader, but those have like a lot of intrinsic value as as well. And I don't have any in my bathroom because it feels weird, but why should it be? Well, my first question would be, so have you gone to someone's place that does have something for you to peruse while you're on the toilet? And did you actually use it? Because... I don't when I get them, like, oh, look, they have far side comics. That's a neat idea. But then I don't actually look at the comics. I use my phone. Well, this this gets this gets back to the thing where I haven't stayed. I haven't really stayed at someone else's home that's not related to me, I think, in a while, unless I'm unless I'm missing something. So, so but, Pierce is visiting here in a week and a half. Sean, to, Kevin, the three of us have to get on a side text and come up with the weirdest books <laughs> I can put in his bathroom. I, I think we can, we can make that work. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I've always thought of that as much more like a, the bathroom reading is much more insular. It's for yourself more than it is for your guests. Um, I, I would find it kind of weird to, um, to you know, to pick up a book while, shall we say, playing an away game. Um, mm. But I also grew up, the, the actual bathroom reader type book like that is not one that I grew up. I grew up with the magazine rack. Yeah, and I, I thought about that too, magazines. But but the thing about magazines um, is, to, to use a term that I think is used a lot in TV now, um, coffee table books and these general bathroom readers, things that are like little little quips that you are little stories that you have a couple minutes to read, um, they're evergreen. Like they're always going to be kind of relevant. Whereas if you put the, the latest issue of time in there, like – it's going to be good for a week or so, but then you have to remember to to reload in there. Um, well, reload. Well, so that's <laughs> that's also uh, that's also kind of a, a relic of the time when people like subscribed to print magazines more frequently and more heavily. Um, mm -hmm. But there's a reason that the uh, un 
undisputed goat bathroom magazines are Sports Illustrated and Reader's Digest. Sports Illustrated, even though, you know, uh, news magazines get outdated, but sports for nostalgia reasons remains timely, even when it's not timely. And Reader's Digest is in a lot of ways, just like a small and kind of condensed Uncle John's bathroom reader. There's all those sections that are like, you know, uh, charming anecdotes about life. And it's like not it's very much not, you know, pegged to any specific time at all. Um, yeah. Not unlike, say, you know, chicken soup for the soul type. Book. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah, those those exist. Um, yeah. Now, Kevin, I'm, I'm wondering, it sounds like Max, we know Max doesn't have any of these and he doesn't have a lot of coffee table books. Um, you have, I think the most bathrooms of any of us here. Have you made any strategic (laughs) decisions in terms of bathroom reading material for the guests? Do you, I know, I know you have nieces and nephews that come. Do you have a special children's section of your bathroom reading library? I didn't think of that, but um, if if we did put books in the children's one, they would certainly end up being very gross. So <laughs> that won't happen. But yeah, we don't we don't do the we've got coffee table books. I we I have a magazine subscription that people come and like oh the Economist and they look at it for two minutes and they put it down and then <laughs> this um, makes me sad. But no 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 bathroom reading material here because. One problem I have with with many things is that I assume that people will behave the way that I do in like almost any situation, and so I'm like, well, when I'm in the bathroom, I'm just like on my phone doing a crossword puzzle or checking Reddit, um, or maybe I have my Nintendo Switch. You know, one, it's one of those, and so the reading in the bathroom just doesn't really happen for me. Book of puzzles also good for the bathroom. Yeah, that was that was my that was a thing at the grandparents' house when I was a kid. Nice. Yeah, I think. Well, and you kind of got to there with going on the phone, even um, even checking. I mean, Reddit, not so much, but like doing a puzzle, doing a mind game, like uh, the situational reading. We didn't really define that, but it's like these moments where you, you you might be in between things, but you have some some solitary time or like some some uh, calmer time like maybe someone is making dinner for you and you might have a conversation but you can glance at something else and like you could say well that that might be stimulation overload anyways but um and kevin we were talking about this kind of separately i think i've come to appreciate more these situations where where you can just pause and and not really do anything and do i still go on my phone yes do I kind of have a, a sporting event just on in the background all the time? Yes, but I think it might be worthwhile to be more more purposeful in those situations. And I think sometimes uh, with, and I know for me right now in those situations, I've been doing like Duolingo a lot of late. Um, and I think that this is an example of these are moments where you don't have to accomplish anything. You can just appreciate the moment for the moment. That's what these situations are. Um, and I think we're so conditioned right now to like be completist and, and be 
achieving and optimizing every moment. And it might seem like a, a, you know, a crossword puzzle is fun, but also like there is a competitive aspect to that. And, and that's a different reward in your mind than just like reading a, a funny story that you can talk about later to people or, you know, looking at, um, I have, I have a coffee table book that's called denim dudes. It's just about people who are really into denim and it's pictures with a little bit of text, like enjoying those short moments, not distracted by a screen and just embracing that. And it's, yeah, it is kind of ephemeral and it, it doesn't really amount to anything except for like just a, a shot of, um, shot of joy. And I, I think that that's really hard when you have the phone and you can quote unquote, get things done in that moment. So this is, uh, this is part of why I, I feel reasonably good about being a bit of like a tab monster and always having mm. dozens of browser tabs open and an Instapaper backlog of like 200 things that I've saved and said, Hey, I might like to read this sometime. Like a lot of those are kind of like magazine profile type stories that are like not, you know, they were timely in the sense that they were covering someone who was newsworthy at a certain moment. But if you forget about them long enough, they become kind of evergreen in their own way like you can yeah. go back to them at any time and so like i i do have to fight that urge to like do a crossword puzzle or play you know play some sort of game on my phone or just do the the mindless press the stimulation reward button stuff that we all do but like it is actually kind of cool to maintain in some ways, like a, a perfect situational reading library for moments like that. I think for me, one thing that makes situational reading for me difficult is that I'm just not good when there's an unclear amount of time that I have. So if it's like if I'm in a, if I'm in someone's living room or you know waiting for dinner to be done or whatever you know I don't know how long it's going to be or if, if I go to the bathroom I don't always know how long it's going to be um, so I, I for whatever reason when I'm in a situation where there the time is like an unknown I just gravitate toward like these certain things on my phone because I'm like well what if I don't finish the article in time and then just finish it later who cares. Yeah, right. And that's I, I, but that's the hurdle I have to get yeah, over. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, and Max, I'm kind of interested with you not to not to oversimplify your use of of like phones, but I mean, in the past, you have not really been an app person, and I think when we talk about like reading habits online, you're like, I don't go to as many websites as as you sickos do, which is reasonable. I think it's good. I, I think you've you've kind of changed. And if you haven't times. said that, you should have been saying that for <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> Thinking it. Um, I, I'm just curious if if you find that like you've changed with the times and it, are some of these uh, draws to like do a phone thing in these situations. Do you have that same draw, or is your do you have a more balanced and thoughtful approach to things? Definitely have no more balanced or thoughtful approach uh if anything i wish i had more avenues on my phone of things to read i i tend to just read like apple news and it's it's awful um 
So I probably I probably wish I had better things to, to do on the toilet. I'll play Turtle, but that's about it. Um, and then maybe just check social media. Um, so, no, I mean, I think I, I, I tried to get myself in a lot of situations like that to be more into my Kindle, and, and that didn't really take for me. Um, mm-hmm. Thinking like, you know, a doctor's waiting room or something like that. Um, I think I just, I, I default to the aimless scrolling and... To your point about like, I don't know if productivity is the right word, but like, you know, reading something like good or like to Sean's point about having like a list of things that you like actually want to read versus things that are just in front of your face. Um, I definitely don't have that list. So I, I, I think it's, I think it sounds nice, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the alternative to these situations would be to get, you know, those, those little things you do and it's like, it's handheld and it's a cup and then there's a ball attached to a string. Ooh. Or, or one of those, or, or, or the ones with the rubber band and the ball that goes pop, 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 pop. You could yeah. do that, but in your living room, it would be slightly problematic if you were still asleep or you were asleep. If, in the bathroom, it would be very disconcerting to hear that noise when your guest goes in there. So it'd be quite, quite, rude in the, quite rude in the waiting room, too. Yeah. So talking about these like situational reading kind of material, and it, we've, we've gone from the coffee table book to kind of a more broad, like, kind of book that isn't meant to be read cover to cover that maybe can fill time. And one thing that I thought of for this, and I don't know if it falls into your definition, but when we think about books that used to be maybe more important and were replaced by phones, the one thing that jumps to me is the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah. I feel that's like a, maybe 20 years book. ago, the Guinness Book of World Records was like the perfect coffee table book. It's like a bar book. And now it's it's kind of useless <laughs> because <laughs> it was really just meant to settle debate. And now you can, I, like, I still think it'd be interesting, but I wonder if like, like, does that fall into the same category? And if so, has it become Do actually still obsolete? Print it? Because I, I honestly don't know. I feel like it, there was a period of time where everybody yeah, had you know, the latest versions. And now I would just, you know, I, we were sitting at, um, we were having a meal the other day and there was, there was 12 flags flying and, and we were like, I don't know what those flags are. And we were able to Google it and, and, and there ended up being a plaque, but we didn't walk over and it was the 12 flags flown over California. So at all like state parks, they have the historic 12 different flags that have historically flown over California at different times in history. And I looked it up and I finally found it on my phone and like confirmed the pictures and read it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I'd be like, 20 years ago, I would have just seen that flag and been like, that weird flag with the dragon on it's cool. And, yeah. and that would have been that. Like, I never I never would have known what it was. I don't know. Similar. Reminded me of the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, which they yes. have not stopped printing. Uh, they have printed it every year since 1955. Wow, yeah. that's older than I would have thought. I mean, you just you get that at school book fairs. Like, yes! every kid should be in, every yes! kid should be entitled to one of. They get a voucher and they can pick one up every every two years. And you but get one from year. the mid nineties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that it's just we're we're so used to. There is such convenience to these little these little devices to everywhere. Um, but like, I don't know. Yeah. They're very, they're very beautiful, tangible things that you can enjoy too in these situations. I have very fond memories of different coffee table books. I know that, um, I had one I really liked 
that was just photos of abandoned cars. And it was like really cool photos of like old retro cars found like covered with plants growing through them and things like that. Um, and my brother had a few that were like basketball and, and baseball related, but really just they're, they're photograph books or they were in, in the households I'm thinking of, but they, they spark conversation. And I don't think those would go away. And I also don't think they can be necessarily replaced by phones. Cause there's not really a, I mean, you could scroll through TikTok and see videos, but that's not really a, a shareable thing. Like, wow, look at this, look at this photo of so-and-so uh, well, you know, slamming down the, the basket, basket hoopy ball in 1994 like i don't know there's some cool really well cool they photos. would the internet the websites of the internet would love for you to click through their slideshows because that's how they generate clicks and page views and revenue with ads mm. but those are terrible things it sounds like the c word to me yes Uh, that's this is now getting way too close to talking about work and so i think it's maybe time (laughs) to wrap up and move on to pierce is sorry what do you have today Uh, well this is about work um but i think yeah but it's uh, not my work so that's fine yeah it's 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 your problem not my problem um and you know kevin i i think i've been saving this um for when we were all here and i feel like you will I mean, we'll appreciate it, but um, uh, I think this one is particularly good. So in a work call some weeks ago, we were talking about kind of uh, something that that had come up and I'm talking to the client and trying to determine, um, you know, oh, we were discussing this thing, you know, who who said it first, what led to the other, a cart, a cart and the horse situation. Um, and I said, I don't know who the cart and the horse is. Maybe it's a little bit of both of us. Maybe it's a quantum cart and a and horse. And this went over about as well as you think it did um, because no one really picked up on the idea of what I thought was a very clever quantum cart and horse. So um, what I would just say is like, don't assume that people will get that um, because you know, making making a funny about a weird mathematics thing is that's just never going to work, um, especially when you're not a in a weird mathematics setting. So um, save your quantum jokes uh, for, I don't know, anywhere else except for work. So sorry for for trying to make that funny at work. What if you get like a real hobbyist quantum physician, then he'll really dig into you and tell you why the joke's not even good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the thing is like, you need, you need the right level level of like, Oh, I get it. They can be the same. They can be both. But then if you get a real person, then it will like also mellow it out and then be like, well, that's, that's ridiculous. Cause that's not what it actually is. And then, so there, there's a very, there's a very, very skinny part of like that curve where it's like, okay, this is the, the Valley where it's okay. But I missed that. All right. Uh, Max, unfortunately, did not come with the promised big idea from pop culture for this week. Uh, but never you fear. Uh, I got things covered uh, for for the sports fans out there. Uh, Trey Murphy was the guest on J.J. Reddick's podcast, The Old Man and the Three, uh, last week. And it was excellent i would highly recommend it uh, 
there's a lot of good a uh, lot of good duke ribbing um uh, he really kind of dishes it back to jj which is great he because trey grew up in durham as a carolina fan um and has kind of has lots of smoke for <laughs> for duke um but it was just like one of those cool conversations between people that are really good at their craft where you're like you listen to it and you're like oh i'm gonna be a smarter basketball watcher now uh so really really enjoyed that uh if that's not your ball game um the movie the bodyguard uh kind of rules it's very ridiculous in the way that uh many movies released in the 1990s were uh it's a story of uh, Kevin Costner, who is a uh, former Secret Service agent and bodyguard who reluctantly takes a gig uh, protecting a pop star and an actor played by Whitney Houston um, and falls in love with her, which is uh, for m- many reasons kind of a, a, a no go when you have that sort of relationship Um and it's just like it's one of those like pockets of, of movies that just doesn't really get made anymore. Like it's clearly, you know, it's not part of a franchise. It's not, but it's definitely not an indie movie. Um, but like it's just like a fun, fun kind of capturing of a point in time in 90s L.A. Uh, so that was neat. I, I enjoyed watching it a couple days ago. <clears throat> All right. Max, it's time for trivia. What do you got? Yes, it is. It's also May. And what that means is it's getting warmer out for uh, for some of us, at least. Makes it a nice time to travel around and experience all that your city or town has to offer, all that your state has to offer, and all that your country has to offer. And so today we're talking about the U.S. National Park System. You so, go to hell. What? The Major United pass. States. The United States has 63 recognized national parks. These are protected areas where you can you can go and you can experience uh, some amazing nature. Um, they are they are beautiful and lovely. They're within uh, 30 states have national parks as well as some uh, territories: American Samoa and the Virgin Islands. Um, so the question today is semi-related to national parks. Most people seem to love them. I love going to national parks. I find them beautiful. It's nice to get out of the city sometimes and experience nature and maybe get off your phone. Uh, some people don't like them as much. So the internet has given everyone a, a voice to uh, share how they feel about different things. And one of the places to do that is Yelp. So today we're going to play a little game. Uh, it's a trivia game. I'm going to read a one-star Yelp review for a national park, and you are going to be tasked with identifying the national park. And I have three of these. Uh, I I will say they're all fairly popular national parks, because of the 63, there's at least 30 that I'm like, I look at the list, I'm like, I've never heard of that. So these are are pretty common parks, but I'll give you the good example. So obviously, parks are not going to make everyone happy all the time. So these are real Yelp one-star reviews of U.S. national parks. The first one, it's like a bigger version of Central Park, 
only with bears. <laughs> I I'll start. My guess is Yellowstone. That's my guess too. Mine as well. That is uh, correct for all three of you. <laughs> Yellowstone right. National Park, the oldest national park, uh, located mostly in the great states of Wyoming and Montana with a little bit of Idaho, is like a bigger version of Central Park, only with bears. Uh, park number two. The only thing to do here is walk around the desert. I mean, my guess is... This one's hard because there's so many that that's how they are. I know. I was between two on this one, so I don't. I I think I, I think I have a I think I have a guess. I'm gonna say Joshua Tree. That was my guess too. That's that's also mine. That is correct. Two for oh. two for everyone. Was between that yeah. or, there was one review of of Death Valley that was just that this is the <laughs> ugliest place on earth. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty good, but. All right, two for two, and the third one, trees block views and too many gray rocks. This one's comparatively harder. Um, I'll start and say Yosemite. I swear I was going to say Yosemite, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, somebody needs to give a different answer to one of these. Uh, So I will say Sequoia. Uh, unfortunately for you, Sean, it was Yosemite National. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So that's three fine. For three for I could uh, live with that. Pierce and Kevin, and two for three for Sean <laughs> for some one-star Yelp reviews of U.S. national parks. Uh, in all honesty, um, those are some beautiful ones, but there's also some uh, that are just not as popular for whatever reason, and they're probably just as beautiful. So I encourage everyone to go out there and check them out. Um, if you want, you can purchase an annual pass for $80. If you're in the military, have a medical disability, or are a senior, among other things, you may be able to get a discounted or free pass. Uh, It will save you money if you get to even just probably two uh, parks in the year. So check out a map and check them out. They are beautiful places with awesome recreational things to do. Camping, hiking, you name it. Just go somewhere different than the Great Smoky Mountains, because I can't go there because everybody goes there. Oh, the Great Smoky Mountains... um... Uh, you mean, um, shoot, I am going to lose it. So, uh, Great Smoky Mountains, there was one in here. I know I read it. I mean, it's, well, it's probably like, I'm leaving and going to Dollywood. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or as, or as someone, someone I work with said, uh, they're like, I went to Gatlinburg and all I got was COVID. Which is which is adjacent to the park. Uh, Sean, the good one for Sequoia. There are bugs, and they will bite you on your face. <laughs> uh, um, Grand horrible. Canyon, a hole, just a very large hole. Um, I don't know. I I swear I saw. Oh, all I saw was a lake, mountains, and some trees. That was Grand Teton National Park. Uh, oh, this is, might be the best one. Save yourself some money. Boil some water at home. <laughs> Yellowstone <laughs> National Park. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, Great Smoky Mountains. Nothing specific to do. <laughs> one star. All right. That's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com, or you can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. 
We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Thank you.